Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, August 17th, whatever Wednesday, my favorite day of the week, uh, literally make it my favorite day of the week, Lincoln and Lancaster County. Call in on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402 479 the text line will work, too, if you just text the same number. We'll call it the Rick Stein Recognition text line. I am your host, Jack Riggins. Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Uh, Johnny's trying to stuff multiple microphones in my face because he knows I'm a little twisted today. And uh, he's like, oh, it's a press conference. You've got a press conference going on. And I'm like, get that microphone out of my face. You never know what to expect with me, Jack. You never know. Each day is different. You're growing on me, Johnny. You're growing (laughs) on me. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, whatever Wednesdays are fun, this is your time to call in and let us know uh, what's on your mind, Lincoln, Lancaster County. Or if you're out west or if you're east, north, you're listening on the... uh, KLIN 1400 AM app. Um, Same numbers apply, although don't talk to me about there might be charges. I don't know. I don't know how the phone systems work anymore if you're in a different area code. Uh, But we'd love for you to call in. Actually thinking about that, I think the furthest call we've had is from Washington State. It just kind of popped into my head. Hmm. Didn't we have somebody from Tacoma call in one time? Oh, now that you say that, that sounds familiar. Yeah, we did. I know we did. (laughs) <laughs> I, and I'm pretty sure it's Tacoma because I was making the link of Washington State and Tacoma, where uh, the base there. Oh, what time is a, it there? As well, home here? of a special forces group that I used to work with, so I was up, Fair you enough. know, up there. This, that, and another thing. <laughs> Leave it to you to compare it to the military. Well, yeah, I mean that's. Let, let's be honest. As an adult, uh, that's what the majority of my life was spent in. So, yeah, that's uh, fair. my brain does tend to go back to that first, and then work itself out of it. Um, I hope you enjoyed Monday's show uh, with the NU uh, women's golfers, two of them, Lindsay Teal, who's out of Wahoo and is third generation, third sister to play golf for NU women's golf, and uh, Megan Whitaker, who right now is the reigning amateur and amateur match play championship, which in golf, whether you're male or female, um, those are the two majors of Nebraska, so that's a pretty cool feat for her as a fifth-year senior. And obviously, we talked a lot about that, and we talked about um, you know their upcoming season. And a caller called in and told me to quit talking about myself, and I didn't take that on air, but I would just say, "Well, I'm the show host, so I mean, I kind of, I kind of get the uh, if I want to talk about myself or not." Uh, but noted caller, good constructive advice. Um, Sometimes difficult. I get excited when we talk about golf. Uh, But I think we did those uh, two uh, student-athletes well by having them on the show and showcasing their story. Um, Professor Lisa Knopp yesterday, talking about her book, fascinating. It took a while to get it coordinated, but fascinating the story of Death Row Inmate, her new book, and 23 years of communication and really friendship and I say that just in it's it's that is rare. You're not going to see too many people that have the heart, the time, 
the professional background then to turn that into to writing a book um and it's her sixth book so um yeah i hope you enjoyed that and i'm really excited because um first congressional district candidate patty pans ex- um patty pansing brooks on the democratic side uh will be in tomorrow call in first segment on thursday and i'm excited because she's the first um state slash federal um democrat candidate or actually actually elected official you know comparing them that's been on the show um because i'm trying to make inroads there folks just so we can have uh balanced open conversations just to hear the different ideas i i don't see any problem with that right i don't see any problem with that so i'm looking forward to having her on um tomorrow as well so just so you know well text line firing up interesting hmm it's a good day to have the name scott yeah scott well we got multiple scots here the first one asks what do i think about pillin not debating in the general well that's an easy one for me and i'll try to break it down as there's been actually some other um outlets that are covering that as well it's an easy one for me because we kind of already had this question with regard to gubernatorial candidate republican jim pillen in the primary and my stance as a voter as a nebraskan doesn't change in the sense of i think it's good that our candidates go out in this small state and debate or make themselves front and center okay and and we the people are able to engage with them and get to know them now i've said that before i'll say that again i think it's a good thing the nuances in this case now follow me here folks is clearly in the primary the pill and camp for more than likely a political strategy, and that shouldn't upset anybody when I say strategy, because it requires strategy to help, right, propel the candidates, and then we, the voters, go out there and vote for the candidate we want. So there's all kinds of different strategies, right? Go out and debate. Don't debate. Use your money here on these type of ads, positive, negative, funny, um attached to other endorsements you know so every single candidate in every single type of race with obviously the federal and probably the presidential race of the united states being the one that has the biggest money the biggest war chest the biggest strategies behind it and so to me this is what jim pillen and that camp did in the primary so a it's not new and it worked successfully, obviously. Um, they won the primary. And now, obviously, they're working to win in November. And because in this state where we, it seems like every so often, have contentious primaries on the Republican side, not always for governor, but maybe senator, maybe a congressman. Um, so, again, from the Republican family optic, that's nothing new to have contentious Republican, you know, literally 
knife fighting going on in primaries. Well, so now Jim Pillen, right, is our candidate. He is the candidate of the Republican Party, and he is, you know, vectored in on November and defeating Carol Blood to become our next governor of Nebraska. So when these opportunities, which in a way repeats what we already know, has happened in the last year, it doesn't surprise me. And again, I believe that when you talk politically, political strategy, that's fine. It doesn't mean that I, like for me, I, I think it's good that candidates go out and do that, but it's not required. Does that make sense? That's the nuance in the way I answer that question and look at it, and I think people should as well. One, it's not out of the ordinary, okay? And it's not out of the ordinary for this specific candidate and race. The Democrats, of course, are going to say all kinds of things about it. You know, they're trying to fire up their base, so that's their strategy, right? Like, let's get him to commit or not commit to a debate, and then we'll hammer him on it. Uh, But the fact is, Jim Pillen, much like the other candidates, and, and most Republican candidates all around, but Jim Pillen in particular, has been beating the streets. He has been out and about in Nebraska since the beginning of this, right? Making himself available at town halls, making himself available at, uh, at town festivals and to parades. And so, again... Who's he trying to reach? Republicans and probably independents. And he's also trying to educate Democrats that might want to know who a guy who more than likely will be the governor, what he's about. So he's made himself very accessible, extremely accessible to Nebraskans, literally face to face, and he'll continue to do so. So, you know, I'm sure on their part, that's where they're getting that done. Opposed to, you know, whatever, an hour-long pre-can debate where, you know, there's questions. Um, So, it's part strategy, but it's also normal for this camp. And they are also already getting his message out there. Literally, right? I mean, if anybody wants to call in, I guarantee uh, Jim Pillard's been in and around your city you know, if you're a Republican out there and you've had a chance to meet him, you know, I might have had to go a couple miles over. But um, and I'm sure they're going to continue to do that. So that's my thoughts. Now, the other part about it, Scott, in answering that question, it's a good question. It's a fair question. Is every candidate's different? And I think in today's world, we get a little bit polarized by the different styles and ways people debate personally i think some of the democratic debates on the national stage are hilarious i mean do you remember i think it was elizabeth warren and bernie sanders i mean they were going after each other uh kamala harris i i think at one point called joe biden a racist i mean these are comical things that I think at this point in time, every voter should realize there's a left and right limit of what we're really going to get to know about the candidate than, um, you know, besides canned answers. Where if you're in a forum where the candidates, you know, out of town hall or the candidates, you know, on your doorstep talking to you, you're going to get a better sense of how they really think and, and what they do. That's not to say, you know, they, they shouldn't be able to give up there and get it. But 
a strategy. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I would say that most people would have said in this last presidential debate that Joe Biden versus Donald Trump is like a slam dunk for Donald Trump. I think most people would think that going into that. But if you'll recall, Joe Biden was clearly prepped properly, and he just kind of shut up and didn't respond back, meaning he didn't get in for a tit-for-tat with the current president. And Donald Trump just got, kept getting more spun up and more spun up. And he came across a little bit as angry, frustrated. And that probably, he probably, if you're, you know, you can win or lose debates, he probably lost that debate or at least tied. And the truth is, Joe Biden didn't do anything. I mean, he literally represented what he is as the president. Which is nothing, do nothing, say nothing, lead nothing. Don't make decisions. Don't be the leader of the free world with ideas and plans. He just literally was that guy from the basement that came out to the stage. And, you know, President Trump was President Trump. And um, and so that debate, in my opinion, didn't necessarily come off well for President Trump or Republicans. And in this case, Joe Biden probably going into that was the only one that could gain some ground. Um, So, Johnny, you want to answer that call over there, my friend? Johnny's just doodling. I've lost him, folks. (laughs) Uh, Any up? Okay, another Scott. The other Scott. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Oh, the other Scott. I need to go back to your uh, <laughs> to your text to the uh, LNK Today morning crew. Uh, maybe they read it. Maybe they didn't. Who's providing twenty four hour security at the new bus terminal? <laughs> uh, well, that's funny because of your reference. But uh, well, I, I, you would think that with today's technology and all that money that. It would be built in, at least a robust uh, video and audio surveillance system. And I would think by the time it's built, LPD will be a lot healthier and uh, have more street officers and, and be more modernized. And so that that new bus terminal will be pretty good. Uh, let's get Mo on before we get to the break. Uh, Mo, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, hey Commander, it's Mo. Hi, Mo. Uh oh, oh hi Mo. It's, it's it's Mo. Yeah, Johnny's off his game today, my friend. What's going on? Okay. Well, I was going to tell a buddy of mine this tomorrow at lunch, but he blew me off at play golf, so I was just going to come on the air and say it then. So, <laughs> I, uh, I'm usually a big fan of LPD, but I was I got to be uh, tell you a little critique. So I'm down town at uh uh. Blackberry Smoke, Jamie Johnson concert that was in, was right in front of where, uh, Pershing. So they blocked, uh, 14th Street off. And the stage was, uh, a block from the Capitol. So we were looking at the Capitol basically during the show. And right to the east and, uh, of the, and south of the stage, there's a parking garage five or six stories tall and 
my buddy who was there is a gun guy and I'm a gun guy. And he points out to me at some point that there's a individual that was in the corner uh, of the parking garage staring over that. And it was kind of weird acting. And so it was a little, uh, kind of off-putting because, uh, I mean, he was in a perfect position if he would have had a weapon to have, you know, open fire on the crowd like happened out at that concert in uh, Vegas. Oh, geez. And so we watched it for a little bit, and then there were three officers to the right of the stage, and I went over there to, to report this and, you know, to suggest that they uh, send somebody out. But, you know, I assume the guy was just getting a free show, but, you know, that can change in a, in a heartbeat, right? So I went to tell these three officers, and they wouldn't even listen to me. And uh, I finally threw my hands up and said, I guess, you know, if you see something, say something, really isn't, uh, doesn't matter. Oh, Mo, and that's disappointing. They kind of gave me a dirty look, and I just walked off, and, and he and I kept watching the guy. And, you know, nothing happened, thank goodness. But again... In in three seconds, that could have been, and he was in. The weird part about it was that he was kind of draped over, like he he was. That was the weird part about it. He right. wasn't just standing up there. He was in a he was in a shooting position, basically. Right. So anyway, uh, that was my LPD. All right, Mo. I hope you find a guy for lunch uh, the following week. Um, I don't know. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to tell the police chief about this? <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to talk about this. Okay, all right. Okay. That's what I do. All right. All right. Thanks, Mo. <laughs> well, let's let's take that on when we come back. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, whatever Wednesday here on August 17th, uh, 84 degrees outside. It's a nice day today. Um, one of the things, uh, we'll get back second segment, uh, caller Mo has a interesting story just about, you know, see something, say something is a concerned citizen and then uh, lack of kind of reaction from LPD frustrating him. We'll, we'll cover that. Another story I want to continue talking about cause, um, we've hit a goal and it makes me proud not to say I've done much, but we've definitely made a concerted effort to talk about tunnel for towers, Lincoln and their 5K run and walk, walk and run, August 27th at Holmes Lake Park. You can still sign up. Go to Tunnels for Tower Lincoln on Facebook, and the very first big blue button says sign up, and you can go there. I want 500 people doing it, but more importantly, I wanted 50,000 raised, and we got 51K. Let's keep going. 1,499.3 KLA. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, back on a whatever Wednesday, wanting to hear from you, the listeners out there. This is People's Platform, so I'd like to give us uh, the opportunity 
um, to talk. Uh, we've had Mo. I'm going to have to go back to that one, but he's got, Mo called in right before the break, had an interesting story with regard to uh, some citizens, kind of an unknown, as we'd say in the military, and then uh, see something, say something, which is the right thing to do to LPD and kind of a lack of... Uh, maybe response um and i've got some great questions on the text line that i want to get to uh but first i'm going to give it to brian and uh welcome back to drive time lincoln brian i will say this i know i asked for two minutes but you and i do have a lot of healthy conversations so i just want to make sure you get to your point and if it goes longer than that it goes longer than that so welcome back well, I don't think I'm doing a Richard by calling in all the time. No, no, you're not. You're no, you're no uh, way in that category. And I really think it's a little unfair to him too. But anyway, getting to what I was going to call in about, we'll see how it goes. Okay. There's a lot of talk about lowering the heat towards the FBI and the DOJ and uh, mistrust. And I'd say going a long way towards that would be exposing some of the lies to justify not trusting uh, the DOJ and the FBI. First of all, the Russia investigation wasn't based on the Steele dossier. It was based on George Papadopoulos drunk blabbing to an Australian diplomat about how Russia was going to help the Trump campaign with stolen emails. Okay. It was in uh, May of 2016, and it was until June of 2016 Steele dossier was uh, commissioned. Of course, it did get right that uh, Putin favored Trump over Clinton and that uh, Trump campaign officials and associates had undisclosed contacts with uh, contacts with Russians. But it and has been it, proven that the Steele dossier was a driver for the DOJ's involvement. Uh, no, it wasn't. It hasn't been proven. It was based. The investigation started with uh, George Pop with the Australian diplomat okay. Biden, uh, telling the FBI, "Hey, uh, this guy has told me the Russians are stealing the emails." and helping the campaign, and they're talking to each other. Okay. Then there's also Mueller and Ukraine. I told you to look up Mueller and Ukraine. Oh, not Mueller and Ukraine. Uh, uh, Manafort. And Manafort, Ukraine. yes. Yeah, yes. Manafort in Ukraine, that he uh, worked for the uh, Russian puppet in uh, Ukraine, who got thrown out in uh, 2014. Right. And then he came here to work for the Trump campaign, and he was giving insider polling data, data to Konstantin Kalimnik, the... Uh, uh, Russian agent who gave it to Russian military intelligence. So it's really hard to say that uh, nothing was found. And as far as what the investigation found, it was able to uh, get guilty pleas from 34 people, uh, 26 Russian nationals, six Trump officials, and a couple other people, three companies. So you're saying so, with all of this, um, people should back off the people that are saying, you know, hey, the FBI needs to, you know, watch well, first, it well, professionalize. The first thing we'll go to is say, oh, Russia, Russia, Russia was a hoax, hoax, hoax. No, it was confirmed, confirmed, confirmed many ways. And you can see that now. And, you know, the Trumpiest people are the most pro-Russian. I mean, from the start, uh, Buck and but, Clay were saying you should make fun of anyone showing the support for Ukraine. Well, I would agree that 50% that, uh, of Americans feel that way. And then clearly there's about 50% of Americans that feel your way. Op- yeah, opposite well, well, that. You can, well, you can see from the Freedom Caucus to uh, Steve Bannon, the pro-Russian people. Then there's the laptops. Uh, Chuck Grassley saying, oh, he's going to get the FBI for hiding the truth, like Molly Hemingway and John Solomon have the truth from what they've seen of Rudy Giuliani's copy of the half, half 
mm-hmm. of the uh, hard drive, which he hasn't let any skeptics see. Now, I'll go with what the FBI says and the New York Times says from what they've seen, that it doesn't support all other allegations. And uh, Chuck Grassley is just part of perpetrating a fraud. Then we've got uh, the Diamond Prosecutors, which is the accusation against Biden that he uh, got a prosecutor fired to help his son. But if you look up Diamond Prosecutors, that was because they were taking bribes in diamonds in their office. I guess that's about two minutes, but... Yeah, that's a little more, but it's interesting. Let me ask you one question, and then then we'll, we'll, we'll continue another day. Oh, and then there's the mules. Okay. Uh, you know, if you were to go to uh, the previous DOJ, Bob Barr. Okay. And if you look up Bob, Bob Barr and, uh, uh, and uh, 2,000 mules, you can see videos of them laughing about it. How, uh, you know, uh, uh, how, well, you know. Brian, uh, Brian lots of good so points power today. Power location accuracy, if you look right. that up. We've talked that about that on this show. And then, All right, and then Brian, Atlanta Brian, Murder, Brian, Brian. Brian, I'll let you call back in next week and you can continue. Okay? Okay. Hey, real real quick, though, I have a question for you. Yeah, I have a question. Sorry, I went on. No, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's whatever Wednesday. I try to be fair to everybody. It always, you, first of all, (laughs) and hey, you know what? That's what we're here for. I I get it. Okay. Um, Be less upset that at least on this show, we can call in and talk, and sometimes we get cut off, but. and and I appreciate, I do, to give you the vine, because you do your research, you're passionate about what you believe in, much like I am. We see things, probably a lot of things differently, but there's probably similarities. But I do have one question. This is interesting, because sure. I sure. battle with this um, as trying to present whatever I'm trying to present. Do you think that, like, what you just went through, and clearly what people would need to do, most people, is, is go research them, so at least you've laid out where to go research. But do you think that that is too complicated for the average American to understand and form an opinion on? I often think maybe I should just go with one point and make sure I've hammered that home rather than trying to go around the whole multiverse. But there's just so much that needs sure. to be said. Yeah, well, fair enough. You said a lot, and uh, I enjoy your calls in the show, and uh, please call back. All right, thanks very much. All right, bye-bye. Wow, Brian laying it down. But that you know what? He laid down a lot of references. Even I would have to go back and kind of listen to the tape and, and write them down, and, and he's guided me to things like Manafort. I've looked into that. Obviously, cell phone towers, I think he and I have had nice debates over that. Uh, but to my point, as I'm just curious, is we all dig for our information differently and we all form our opinions differently. And some of this stuff, for me, I just think it's like tossing a grenade in the room, not Brian, just kind of the national establishment of politics to muddy it all that, heck, you can't find the truth. Because there's so much and, and both sides do it. Um, let me go back out of respect to Mo. Um, in this situation, you know, Mo, what I was thinking about is that while it's disappointing that you and, and some concerned citizens would say something to officers and they would just kind of, you know, kind of blow it off or, or not at least check it out. And that's not to say they're doing a bad job. I mean, they may have already been watching it. They may have seen it beforehand and just kind of made that. OK, you know, this is just kind of a, a neutral person on the street. Right. Um, And then when we come up on it, you know, somebody, it it might worry us a little more. Um, So there's that angle. And who knows what was going on. But but clearly um, you have a point to if a citizen sees something, say something, something we preach on this show a lot. You know, everybody watching out for everybody. Um, Yeah. When you take the time to reach out to an officer 
or a group of them, um, you expect some kind of response. Um, not necessarily, hey, I'm telling you what to do, but just kind of that, yeah, I'll check into it. Um, and there's there's a psychological part of that, right? You have invested in safety and security and said, hey, I'm going to, I see something, I'm going to say something. And you've made that effort. And so there's a natural, you expect, uh, reciprocal action. Um. Now, having said that, and I think what you did is exactly what I would do as you described the situation. Um, and I, I can't answer for LPD. It might, it might have just been, you know, that particular night. But I would say this. It is probably difficult. It, it is not like a jump of hypothetical, bizarro world, you know, Commander Jack Riggins on KLIN saying this. That in today's world, as we sit today, police officers, military, I know for sure, which means police officers are getting 10 times more than the military. Teachers, because a lot of people, uh, concerned parents are calling me about teachers. Um, we are educating more on what profiling is, and, and profiling goes the gambit, right? From good profiling to bad. I think we all know what that term means, meaning... It means whatever your higher headquarters has decided to t- say about profiling that day, okay? <laughs> and and what the whims are of the political establishment to tell you what is and isn't profiling. Big word in, in military and policing these days. Um, the other part is uh, some people seeing your actions, um, and, and, and it doesn't matter, it, it literally, it doesn't matter the color of the skin of what you saw because the person could be all covered up like sweatshirts, everything, and you don't even know, right? But again, police and law enforcement, they're hearing all about racism in briefings, you know, right? That makes you think differently about situations. Um, hypersensitive, right? Oh, you know, the public's hypersensitive. Well, the public would be hypersensitive given all the shootings in Lincoln right now. They should be. The public should be hypersensitive to two major things. Shootings and traffic speeding accidents, in my opinion. Maybe burglaries. It would be like last year. We should have been hypersensitive to catalytic, catalytic, catalytic convert, converter. <laughs> Johnny's laughing. Theft. Right. You got it. Right. I got it. Finally, you know, so so we should be hypersensitive to those things right now. But they may on a negative way be like, oh, the public's just, you know, this guy's just hypersensitive to to that. It's no big deal. This whole thing with trans activism going throughout the culture right now. Um, and, and that kind of ties into what's been going on in the schools. Right. Parents are really upset because of uh, people coming in and educating about. Um, transitioning and the different dynamics with that and and so again if you go back to looking at it from both sides I think you did the right thing I will encourage every citizen to do that see something say something because you just don't know that theory generally helps anybody in law enforcement or the military you know maybe get ahead of a bad situation and it's in my opinion better to be safe than sorry you know, when it's in the legal realm on the flip side, excuse me, on the flip side, there's just a lot of education coming in and a lot of, um, again, wokeism, profiling, racism, hypersensitivism, all these things that are in the minds of 
people these days, and now they're having to think about, and I'm not saying it's positive, they're having to think about, well, do I do something or am I going to get charged with this? Am I going to, you know, is it going to go down on my report card that, uh, you know, I arrested too many of this type of citizen or I looked into too many of these cases? And so it leads for, it leads for a less than stellar ability to handle that situation. That's kind of my take on it. Um, Mo, appreciate it though, and appreciate Brian. Um, Dan and Lincoln got it. You don't like Brian's call, but as you know, Dan and Lincoln, um, this is a people's platform, and I have yet in my time on radio to turn or shut anybody down. <laughs> Same with Tim. He likes the show, but he doesn't like Brian. Um, what I would say, Tim, is just don't turn it off or just turn it down. For, if if you really don't like that, I mean, Brian's just expressing his opinion. I mean, Brian and I aren't going to agree on probably 99% of things, but I, there's nothing wrong with him expressing his opinion. And I would encourage more of you to call in with anti-Brian or different thoughts than Brian if um, – his takes on things frustrate you. I mean, they frustrate me, but I listen through them, and we have a healthy conversation about it, and I think that's good. It um, is the people's platform. It is the people's platform. So, you know, call if Brian calls in and says something, say, then call line up the call lines right after him, and I'll get you right you on. Know, he's not afraid to express his opinion, so kudos um, to Brian for that. Yeah, okay, Scott, the other Scott, updates on the state Republican Party office uh, burglary theft. Uh, what do I know? Well, I know what everybody else in media knows, um, which is LPD is investigating it, and the NAGOP has also hired their own investigator. And I know for a fact their their stance is to let those investigations play out. Uh, one obviously is being done uh, by LPD, which means it could lead to you know criminal findings. I guess that's what law enforcement does. And the internal one um, is you know to get a hold of. Uh, meaning get the head wrapped around uh, the actions for accountability and things like that. Uh, But I don't believe there's ever going to be any, until there's anything that comes of it, uh, any real public statements other than, yes, it occurred. Yes, LPD's investigating. And they're also, they've hired uh, their own investigative team. So that's what I know, Scott. Appreciate it. Nancy, I very much okay want to answer this question. Maybe I'll have to do it tomorrow. Um, Nancy's a retired geriatric nurse, um, and she asked me some great questions. And you've got a long tech text, Nancy. I'm sorry, so I'm kind of reading through it, but I get your main question, and I, I definitely want to answer it. So you've generally described Nancy's described her career, which is awesome, and helping people um, in the, in the medical field. And as a geriatric nurse, obviously people are going to pass on. And, and she's asked um, about nurses suffering from P- PTSD. And she wants to know if me serving in the military has any of those um, kind of, I, I call them gifts that keep on giving. And I definitely am going to answer this, Nancy, because I think it's a great question. Nobody's actually asked it while I've been on air, um, but it is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I'm a big mental health advocate. And so I would like to answer that. So. That might be a long answer, so we might have to take that to tomorrow. So I haven't forgotten, Nancy, and that's why I'm reading it on here. So I appreciate that. But let me get to Ron on line one. Ron, uh, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, Commander, as always, great show. You know, I, I want to just say one little kind of tongue-in-cheek thing that I want to ask you a very serious question. You know, when I listen to Brian, and again, I'm an old white guy, but when I listen to Brian, 
I kind of think that if if I if we all believed everything we read on the internet, uh, we'd all be sending more money to some right, right, right girlfriend. But what I want to ask seriously is, do you would you recommend as a blanket statement trust the FBI? Uh, that's a great question. I've actually had a lot of uh, discussions about this that this week, and I know many agents, and I've called some of them. Uh, the answer would be, depending on what I am calling or asking the FBI about, okay? Um, I, right now, uh, believe that several organizations in our government have gotten too politicized. I don't know uh, exactly why. Um, I don't know exactly why. And so at a maybe upper level of crimes, maybe that more national level, uh, I'm very skeptical and suspicious. Now, down on handling cases locally, white collar crime and what the FBI does in general. Right. So like the 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 agents and and I'm going to call it crime at the kind of state federal or excuse me, state level and. And, and normal investigations that are beyond, say, LPD or OPD, I do trust them, if that makes sense. But I definitely, me myself, I have had a, a fracture in my ultimate trust of a lot of our agencies over the last couple of years on those high-level things. I think they're playing in some games that they shouldn't be by charter, and I don't know, I don't believe it's institutional, but I believe that personalities are really playing a dangerous game with some of our agencies. I actually wrote down before the show, DOJ, IRS, CIA, FBI, and even the U.S. military. Does that make sense, Ron? Well, it does, and and I'm concerned about all of it. Yeah. And I believe we should be concerned. Now, you know, there's a lot to go after that. Yeah, there, there is. That's a prudent. It is prudent. To be concerned. So tomorrow I'm going to have Patty Pansy Brooks on in the first segment. So second segment will be open. So I'm going to I'm going to break this down further based on your question because it's a lot. And I'm also going to answer Nancy's question about PTSD and things that can uh, keep giving and, and haunt people from service to their country. So I appreciate that, Ron. It's a really great hey, question. Great, great show as always, Commander. Thank you. Yep, you bet. All right, we've got to get to a break. Uh, 14993 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, good whatever Wednesday. A lot of fireworks there. Uh, we're going to have uh, first congressional district Democratic candidate Patty Pansy Brooks on first segment tomorrow. I will break down more of Ron's questions about. Do I trust the FBI and agencies? And Nancy's questions about PTSD and things like that. 1,499.3 KLI.